This episode is brought to you by RV Share. RV Share provides RV rentals, motorhomes, and camper rentals directly from local owners. You can rent an RV for your next camping trip, go on a tour of all the amazing national parks, or even visit Disneyland on a budget. Each rental comes with worry-free guarantee protection for your trip, so you're covered every step of the way. Plus, you get 24-7 emergency roadside assistance on every booking. Don't have a truck to pull an RV? No problem. You'll find the best RV rental specials in your area with a wide range of inventory from affordable pop-ups to luxury motorhomes. You can even book a rental that is budget-friendly with prices ranging from just $50 per night. Go to hashtag coloradolife.com slash RVShare to rent your next RV and save up to 25% on travel costs. Did you know Winter Park was named the best ski resort of 2018 by USA Today? And for good reason. Winter Park spans across more than 3,000 acres with 166 named trails for skiers and snowboarders to choose from. And since the 07-08 season, Winter Park has averaged just shy of 300 inches of snow each winter. My name is Ryan, a born and raised Colorado native. And I'm Carrie, a Texas transplant and a Colorado newbie. And this is the Hashtag Colorado Life Podcast, where we help newcomers and natives explore like a local. Together, we're a married couple living along the Front Range in Colorado. Today's episode is going to be really fun and even epic, some might say, because we're going to be sharing secrets to an epic Colorado ski season. It's a really big celebration here when ski season starts in the state because all of the mountain towns are covered in beautiful white snow and they start bustling with all of the fun ski and snowboard activities. So whether you're visiting from out of town or you've lived in Colorado your whole life, we're going to be diving into some tips for you to make the most out of every ski trip. So let's jump in. So first up is choosing where to ski. There's a couple rules of thumb when it comes to choosing where to ski. Um, We like to avoid the crowds, you and I. Um, So we like to avoid places that are actually closer to major cities. So aka Denver, Colorado Springs, usually the further away that you get, it's going to be less crowded. So it's just common sense. People don't want to have to drive that far when they don't have much time to spend and they want to just like hit the slopes ASAP. So we like to hit places that are a bit further away. Um, And it also depends on what you want to get out of your trip. Like if you're just going up for the day just by yourself or if you're making a multi-day trip with the whole family, each ski destination is going to offer something different. For example, us local Colorado natives, we like to go up to Breckenridge. Um, It feels a bit younger. It's a fun place. We've talked about Breckenridge before, one of our favorite towns. Um, and then there's also like the out of towners. They really like, seems that they really like to hit Vail and Aspen because those are like those iconic destinations that are, uh, really known all around the world, essentially. And people, it really brings in a lot of people here. Then there's other places like Winter Park and Steamboat Springs, which have a more like family friendly focus. You may just want to stay in one place and focus on it, but If you were feeling inclined and you had the time to spare, you could totally do an entire ski tour and try multiple places, uh, all of the different resorts. You can hit Vail, then you can hit Beaver Creek, and then you could hit uh, Ski Cooper, and then Copper Mountain, Aspen. I think that'd be really fun. Yeah, the great thing is that many resorts are within an hour distance of each other. And so instead of focusing on just like one single spot during the trip, it could be really fun to do a ski tour where you can travel to a new ski spot each day and hit up like Breckenridge one day, maybe Vail the next day. And it could be a really great way to get a gauge on the different mountains that you like to ski in and uh, snowboarding places that you want to hit up. 
Another tip is to understand and know peak and off-peak seasons. So when exactly does ski season start in Colorado? It really depends on when Mother Nature decides it's time to snow. Uh, there's no really way to tell when it's going to snow. She's really bossy. Yes, and sassy. But usually ski season will start in November and go usually all the way till April or May. Although there are some places here in Colorado, like Keystone, that it is known for having a ridiculously early season. And the, like this season, it started October 12th. Yeah, it's really funny because I will see, you know, a lot of the mountain resorts and ski resorts kind of compete for who can be the first one to open this year. Mm -hmm. And it seems to get earlier and earlier every year. Yeah. Uh, the earlier the season starts usually means that a portion of the slopes will be manufactured snow. You know, those big snow machines that they blow it out. Fun to watch. Um, they will also keep them groomed with snow crawlers and plows. But also because of this, you'll mostly have only green runs that are going to be available to you in the early, early, early season like this. Because, um, you know, they're not going to plow a blue, let alone like a double black diamond. And so when you say green, you mean like that's the beginner level right. runs and trails for skiing. And then like a blue is like usually the more advanced, like intermediate. And yeah. then black diamond and double black diamond, those are very advanced and Expert. difficult. Yeah. Indeed. Ski season peak times. When are times that we like to go and when do we not like to go? The peak busy season is usually between late December and mid-March every year. Um, the days leading up to New Year after the holidays, like Martin Luther King Day, President's Day, and other holidays like that are really busy times on the slopes because obviously other people have those days off and they want to hit up the skiing and snowboarding as well. Yeah, those extended weekends will always be the times when there's a lot of people there. Yes, and the other parts of the towns will also reflect this in the price increase as like food costs can go up, lodging can go up, all that kind of stuff. Spring break is also a very popular time um, because a lot of kids will be out of school and they'll want to go skiing and snowboarding as well. The one thing about that, though, is that, you know, spring break isn't the same for every kid throughout the country. So some of them will be like early March, some of them will be like late. So it can be kind of hit or miss. So basically just don't go in March yeah. if you don't want to have a bunch of kids right. to yeah. avoid on the slopes. Ooh, definitely that. Yeah. That being said, there are some best times, quote, to hit within that peak season. If you plan around those holidays that we mentioned, Martin Luther King Day, President's Day, um, and especially if you go in the weekday, you'll really avoid a good portion of the crowds, but you'll definitely be able to hit some of that, like, awesome powder that you'll get in the winter, but you won't get in those shoulder seasons in fall and in spring. Yeah, so, so shoulder season is actually a really great time to hit up a uh, mountain town, but it may not have as much snow cover. Um, like if you were to go in October, like we mentioned, a lot of the snow could be manufactured, but it would still be really fun. Considering off-peak seasons, this could be a great time to save some money and also avoid a lot of the busy mid-season crowds. This is anytime late November leading up to the holidays in December, which is considered early off-season. And then late off-season typically runs from like mid or late March until the season wraps up, which is usually in May. Um, however, this year and a few years previously, there have been extremely long uh, ski seasons. And like, for example, last year, Breckenridge was open on the 4th of July. So you'll just kind of have to check and see, like we said, Mother Nature, she's super moody and bossy, and she just decides to have winter super long or super not. So what you're saying is essentially, if it's not winter, it's considered off-season, so autumn or spring. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
Our next tip is to choose the right time to go skiing. So once you understand like peak season and off peak season, then you can actually choose the right time within the week or that month to go. Number one is midweek skiing. We like to do this a lot because it is a lot cheaper to travel during the middle of the week than on the weekend. Also, we'll just mention that you can get a lot less traffic uh, during the week. So driving up to a mountain town can really save you a lot of time. Colorado is the country's number one ski destination, and people will come here from all over the country for three or five or seven day trips. Sometimes there can be quite a big uh, amount of savings if you travel midweek. Other times there's only a minor savings versus like a weekend ski excursion. But there are lots of different factors like staying away from larger ski destinations like we talked about. For example, Aspen is much more expensive usually because a lot of -of out-of-towners and international people travel there. Um, A lot more local or smaller places like Steamboat Springs, which takes further to drive to, will be less busy and less expensive. Uh, Additional benefits for booking midweek skiing trips is that you can save on skiing and snowboarding lessons, as well as lodging and accommodation costs, just because, you know, they'll have that stuff available, so they'll drop the price. Also, just a reminder to avoid those school holidays, like we mentioned spring break, Not only do flights, hotels, and other tours inflate prices during this time, but the slopes will also be a lot busier. Moving on to how to save money on lift tickets or passes. During the year, there are several ski passes that you can uh, get to save you some money, especially if you are planning on doing quite a bit of skiing here in Colorado. Two big iconic passes that come to mind is the Icon Pass. I guess I said iconic and icon. Anyway, Mm -hmm. the Icon Pass, spelled with a K, and the Epic Pass, not spelt with a K. Both passes include uh, different ski resorts in the area. The Icon Pass, for example, it covers Copper Mountain and Winter Park, which are usually less crowded than the major resorts, while the Epic Pass includes spots like Breckenridge and Vail. The earlier you buy the passes in the year, obviously the better, before ski season actually starts and the more money that you can save. If you don't have a pass, you can still save a little bit of money by buying your lift ticket online in advance, Or you can even check out um, grocery stores like King Supers or Safeway to purchase discounted lift tickets ahead of time. You can also look into all-inclusive ski packages, which include rentals for gear, lodging, lift tickets, and even lessons for one bundled price. Another idea is to check out coupon websites like Groupon that may not necessarily give you a savings on lift tickets themselves, but you can get some sweet deals on lodging, rental equipment, and even car rentals uh, if you're coming from out of state. There's also getting the best deals on gear. I know there's those some some of those people that are like, I'm going skiing for the first time, and they'll go out and buy everything. Skis, poles, entire outfits, goggles, everything. And you don't need to do that. You can totally just like rent everything. Um, and that's much cheaper than dropping a pretty penny. Oh my god, I feel like I'm getting older with all these lame sayings I've been mm-hmm. hitting lately. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So anyway, started here in the 1950s was Christie Sports. It's actually the largest winter specialty sports retailer in the country. Um, They've always been solid. I've always rented my stuff from them. It's always high quality. And I've done this throughout my childhood and my adulthood, and I still would recommend them. Yeah, during April each year, they have this really giant end of sale, end of season sale, I guess you could say, of all their gear and equipment. So you can check that out and see if you can purchase some maybe like last year's models or last year's equipment and use it for the upcoming season. Also, oddly, Christie Sports, really good place to get patio furniture. Hmm. Huh. Who would have thought? 
When you're in a ski town, be sure to check out the local gear shops too, because some of them may offer discounts on last year's models or even discontinued or going out of out of business items. Um, for example, when my family and I went to Steamboat Springs, we saw that this local um, ski shop was going out of business and they had all this different gear that they were trying to liquidate. And that's actually how I got a limited edition Burton snowboard. And it was my first snowboard ever. You can also reserve your gear in advance and pick it up the night before you want to ski. Uh, the best way to save with gear rental fees is to book them online while as far in advance as possible, usually. Showing up the day of is going to definitely cost more. Also, consider buying gear or equipment not in the town that you're in. So hitting up like Denver while you're driving in is definitely going to be cheaper than those towns that are actually like in the mountains. And you'll have a lot more selection there, too, because, you know, a lot of the stores can be a lot bigger in Denver or Colorado Springs or wherever you're coming from. Right. And like a small mountain town gear shop only has limited quantities. Another tip that we really enjoy doing for ourselves is hitting up the store Uniglo, which is in downtown Denver on the 16th Street Mall. Um, it's perfect for ski clothing, undergarments, and all kinds of skiing accessories that are actually at super affordable prices. Um, the gear and the clothing is really high quality, and it lasts a good while. Makes for great layering. Yeah, that stuff is warm, shockingly. Mm -hmm. One other thing that I would suggest, and this is for somebody who's like really dedicated, is you could become a ski bum, which essentially is just somebody who goes up to a ski resort for the season and you get a job there, like a waitress or a bartender or working at the front desk of something. And you usually will get like a free lift ticket um, for working there. So that's kind of a good way to save some money if you want to, like, dedicate an entire season to being up in the mountains. Could be fun for, like, a young bachelor or somebody who just graduated college or something. I always think about that. Like, the people who are on top of the mountain, like the opera ski stuff where you can go up and, you know, eat uh, dinner or have lunch or whatever. How do they get to work? Is their commute, like, get on a lift and ride up and then ski down at the end of the day? That's a pretty cool commute. Yeah, that be, wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about, really quickly, just the best towns for skiing in Colorado. Most of the major uh, Colorado ski resorts are going to be within a couple hours drive of Denver. These include Breckenridge, Keystone, Winter Park, Arapahoe Basin, Copper Mountain Vale, and Beaver Creek. These will all be pretty much right along I-70 or pretty close off of it. Yeah, Aspen Snowmass and Steamboat Springs are slightly further away, but still within that three-ish hours of Denver. There are also tinier and more affordable ski resorts like Eldora, which is 30 to 45 minutes outside of Boulder. Um, and it's an easy drive from the Denver metro area, too. And it's super windy, always. Oh, isn't it? Eldora is ridiculously windy. And fun fact, unlike some states like Utah, all of the resorts in Colorado allow snowboarders. And I myself am a snowboarder and I enjoy it a lot. You know what I want to try next time we go skiing? I did this in like the late 90s. I want to get those ski blades. Those do look super fun. I did it when I was a kid, but I want to do it now mm -hmm. and make a fool of myself. <laughs> All right. At the end of every show, we like to end with a tip for finding free or affordable activities in Colorado. Uh, one of the most bragworthy and totally free activities that you can do is driving up and over the Continental Divide. You'll have to make sure the road isn't shut down and it's not completely covered in snow, especially during the winter, but it's definitely worth the drive. To get to the Continental Divide at Loveland Pass, just drive up I-70. But instead of taking the road all the way to the big ski resorts, you're going to turn off onto Highway 6. 
When you follow the road, you'll hit the summit of Loveland Pass, which is almost at 12,000 feet. And the summit is a great place. It has some parking areas you can stop to enjoy the view, take pictures. There's even a sign with a marker of the altitude so you can take a photo and document the proof. All right, that pretty much sums up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And to learn more about this episode and the resources that we shared, visit our website, hashtag coloradolife.com. And if you like the show, please leave us a review. It helps us get discovered by new listeners, and we love to hear what episodes you enjoy. As you start skiing and snowboarding this season, we would love to hear which resorts you check out and which places you enjoy most. So hit us up on Instagram at hashtag Colorado Life. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, get out there and explore our beautiful state.